0: Packing for a backpacking trip can sometimes look like the aftermath of an REI rummage sale. Gear everywhere. We can't help you with that, but we'll share some tips for packing that will make your trip go a little smoother. For today's Summit Gear Review, a load of insulation for your next winter adventure. Next, the Backpack Hack of the Week will show you a sleeping bag hack for all you claustrophobes out there. All this, and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles.
1: You know, our house just looks like a mess whenever we're preparing for a backpacking trip.
0: I veto that (laughs) intro.
1: (laughs) You didn't like the the pregnant pause?
0: (laughs) Our house looks like an REI rummage sale when we're packing for a trip. It's really that bad. And it would be better if we could consolidate everyone's gear into one room, which I tried doing. I really did. But the gear has a life of its own and it migrates. And sometimes people put away gear that's not clean. And so it migrates up to the laundry room. And we really do have gear in every room of the house when we're packing for a trip.
1: And for each trip, the stuff we decide to take is a little bit different. And, yeah. and so usually what happens is all of it comes out mm-hmm. and then some of it makes it into our packs. And then, of course, we're anxious to, to hit the road and get to the trail. So then there's this pile of leftover gear that didn't go into our packs that's just sitting on the floor all over the house. <laughs>
0: all over the house. It really is. We've got to get it under control. But for each person in our family, we all have kind of a different packing style. And I'm really curious, Josh, what is your system for packing? Kind of what's your process and what goes through your head when you're packing for a trip?
1: Well, if it's just me or the two of us going on a trip, so I'm just responsible for my gear And then I have to coordinate just a little bit with you to make sure we don't both bring a tent or bring two stoves, stuff like that. But when it's fairly independent like that, I'm just responsible for getting my own gear together. It actually goes really quickly for me. I've got all of my backpacking clothes uh, right in our closet with my other clothes, and they're just kind of in their own pile. So it's easy for me to grab out of that pile, depending on the time of year, and grab the stuff I need. It's easy to head down to our camping gear, pull out a tent or a hammock, a sleeping pad. You know, I've got my pick of the pads, pull out the sleeping bag, coordinate with you on bringing a stove and some cooking, you know, a cook set. My 10 essentials are always packed in my pack and, you know, a couple of water bottles that I grab out of the kitchen and that's pretty much it. What's it like for you?
0: Well, I want to be one of those people that can go through a checklist and just be like, okay, got that, got that, got that. But mine tends to be a little more scattered. And as much as I try to use a checklist, I'll get started on something and then I'll be like, oh, I need to, you know, dehydrate some beef jerky. I'll get started on that. And then I'll come back and then I'll run upstairs and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I left my clothes up here. Oh, and I need to put new waterproofing on my boots and You know, I left my socks in my bag because I took them off when I was at the park and it's in my, you know, like all these different things. And I feel like I'm just bouncing all over the house and I want to get it figured out. I want to get my stuff together and I don't want to be this walking mess all the time. So, yeah, when I pack, it is, it's exhausting. And then add on top of that, the fact that I'm trying to help four kids pack as well.
1: And that's where it gets really messy. When we're getting the whole family ready for a backpacking Mm -hmm. trip, when it's yourself, you go pull down, you know, pull out the things that you need or that you want for that trip, and you've got plenty of gear to pick from. But when it's the whole family, now we're deciding, okay, we've got this many sleeping pads. Who's taking which one?
0: Yeah. And they all take a different one every time.
1: (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. And who's taking which sleeping bag or which hammock or... You know, and how are we going to divide people up in tents if we're going to tent camp? It just gets a lot more complicated with the whole family.
0: Yeah, one of the interesting challenges that we've faced is that a lot of our backpacking gear has integrated itself into our normal everyday life. One of our kids actually likes sleeping in a sleeping bag, and so he sleeps in a sleeping bag every night. And I'm sure if we put a hammock in his room, he would love that too. We've talked about putting in some nice size bolts and just hanging a hammock in there. But um, you know, a lot of our clothing is stuff that we have integrated into our everyday clothing wear and the shoes that we wear. So, packing for a trip can sometimes be a little chaotic just because we are pulling things out of our everyday life, plus out of our garage and out of our closets. And yeah, it's a little wild. We have not dialed it in yet. We have not gotten it figured out. And I think we've been talking about this since the beginning of the show, you know, like how to organize our gear. So, we're still working on it, but. We do have a top five list today that will help you pack for a backpacking trip.
1: Yeah, we don't have it all figured out, but we do have a few things that can help.
0: (laughs) We do. The number one step for packing for a backpacking trip is to determine the itinerary of the trip. So whether you're an organized person like Josh or a little bit more messy like me, you can start here and at least figure out where you're going how long you'll be there, and kind of the needs of that trip. So kind of a rough sketch of what it's going to be like. So the elevation, the region that you'll be in, the exposure. So if you're going to be under the trees or just on bare rock and the recreational opportunities out on the trail, all of those elements will influence what you decide to pack. And once you've planned your itinerary, you'll be able to start on the second step of packing for your backpacking trip. And that is to check the weather and keep checking the weather. It's crazy. I mean, you think that in the summertime, you have a pretty good chance of it being dry and sunny. Keep checking the weather. Weather is notorious for being wildly unpredictable. The Wallawas trip that we were planning on doing last year, or I guess back in 2015, that weather changed a week before we were headed out. The chance of snow kept increasing just a little bit every single day until the day before we were like, You know, we're not prepared for this kind of weather.
1: And our trip to Mount Jefferson this past fall was just the same way. Yeah. We were watching the weather report a few weeks ahead of time and saying, "Okay, yeah, we think we can do this. And we ended up doing the trip, but the weather report changed on almost an hourly basis in the couple days right before we left on the trip. And so it turned out, you know, going from maybe a 50% chance of rain or a 30% chance of rain even to 100%, I mean, it was just going to be wet the whole time, and it was.
0: Yeah, it was a solid wall of water. So check the weather frequently because things change quickly and daily or hourly.
1: And one of the reasons this happens is because you're usually going into the mountains. The weather is a lot more stable in the valleys where everything is flat. But in the mountains, it can change very quickly and very dramatically because of all the elevation change that's going on and how that affects the wind currents and the clouds that are coming through.
0: And the number three step for packing for your backpacking trip is to gather your gear. And I try to use a packing list you know once it's in the pack i check it off but there are other options we were recently introduced to a product called the trip tarp it's like a five by seven tarp that you lay out on the ground and it has your gear list plus it has regions on the trip tarp where you lay out your stuff so you can visually see all of the things that you're packing it's really great for visual people who need to see everything before it goes into the pack
1: TripTarp has been using Kickstarter for their rounds of, uh, I guess, product manufacturing, and they just completed their second Kickstarter round uh, last month. So we're not sure if you can actually just go buy a TripTarp from TripTarp.com or if you have to wait till their next Kickstarter round comes up.
0: If you're really new to backpacking, then the gathering gear phase may be a little more complicated because it means you'll be purchasing new gear, you'll be cobbling together kind of makeshift stuff, you'll be borrowing, you'll be looking throughout your house to see what you can bring and maybe scavenging some gear that you'll need on this trip. So whatever stage you are in the process of gathering your gear, it could require several weeks of preparation or just a couple days. The number four step for packing for your backpacking trip is meal planning. So you'll want to plan for breakfast, trail food, dinner, dessert, beverages. And as you're preparing your meals, just remember the colder it is and the longer you hike, the more calories you'll need to sustain you.
1: We've learned from experience that it's important to pack your food in your backpack where it's inaccessible to you while you're driving to the trailhead. And then pack extra food in your car so you have something to snack on while you're driving, but the stuff you're snacking on is not the food that you've planned as part of your calorie allotment for the backpacking trip. Otherwise, you'll do like we did on our summer trip last summer, and you'll eat half of your food before you even get to the trailhead.
0: Yeah. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, another kind of weird food experience I had while backpacking was when we stopped at Taco Bell right before our trip. I had this Taco Bell big beanie cheesy burrito thing and it just kind of, I don't know, it did not sit well with me. And so I think next time I'm going to be packing my own food, but there was something about that that did not, did not serve me well on that trip. Sorry, Taco Bell. (laughs) And the number five step for packing for your backpacking trip is to load your pack believe it or not, there is a right way to load your pack. You know, this really depends actually on what type of pack you have. So we are going to be assuming that you have a internal frame pack. You pack differently, I guess, if it's an external frame pack. But for an internal frame pack, you want to put your lightweight gear on the bottom and then all of that heavy gear, like food, right against your back. And then all the midweight gear, like clothing or stove or fuel or things like that, that can go on the outside of your pack. And what that does is it gives you a better load balance. So all the heavy stuff is right next to your center of gravity. Now, if the heavy stuff were on the outside of your pack, you would be kind of tilting backwards. And if you took kind of a rocky step or something, it would mess with your equilibrium and you'd probably end up falling backwards. So worst case scenario. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, if you can keep that heavy stuff right close to you, then your body does a better job of balancing
1: and when you say outside of your pack, you're not talking about the exterior of your pack. You don't have to hang your midweight gear on the exterior of your pack. You're just saying that inside of the pack, the heavy stuff goes closest to your back, and the midweight stuff goes further away from your back. right It can mm. all still be inside the pack,
0: yeah. And another thing you might want to consider as you're loading your pack is all of those little things that you want immediate access to along the trail, all of those things can go into your hip belt pockets or into peripheral storage pockets. We've talked about one that's called RIBS, R-I-B-Z, and it's kind of this vest type thing that you wear that gives you a lot more storage. Clackets are another product that we've talked about recently that just clip on. They're little pockets that you clip on to your shoulder strap. And that's another really great peripheral gear storage option.
1: So Heather, how many times do you think you repack your pack before a trip?
0: Oh, that is such a good question because... I mean, we're always checking the weather, and that's the thing that makes me repack. If I hear that the temperature is going to go down or going to go up, then I'll pull out a scarf or I'll add a hat or whatever. How many times do I repack? (laughs) And then how many times do I add food and then take food out? I I don't even have a number to give you. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I don't have a number either. But Mm -hmm. what happens is, uh, you know, when I do decide to add in that one other piece of clothing because the weather report says it's going to be a little colder than it was going to be, then I pull several things out of my pack to get to my clothing stuff sack and add in that piece of clothing and then put all those things back into my pack. And when I decide to change what I'm packing for food, or say I packed all of my food in the pack and then I'm like, wait a minute, I need some of my trail food to be up in the top lid of my pack to be more accessible. So I got to pull a bunch of stuff out to get to my food and then start pulling out my food to get out some trail food and put it in the lid and then put everything back into the pack. And it just seems like that happens a million times while I'm getting ready for every trip. But also, don't be afraid to repack just in order to adjust the balance of things. Pack. Put on the pack on your back. Walk around with it. If it's tilting off to one side or the other, then you can repack to, uh, to shift the weight. Or if it feels like it's pulling you backwards too much, then you may want to see what you can do to, to bring the heavy stuff closer to your, to your back. It's so much easier to do all of that repacking on your bed, (laughs) you know, than it is out in the woods on the dirt.
0: Oh, definitely. And I'd love to hear if our first 40 milers have tips for packing or methods or a custom packing list that they like to use that could help our other listeners to pack for their next backpacking trip. So, whether you pack like an OCD Marine or you pack more like the Legler family, these five tips will really help. Determining the itinerary, checking the weather, gathering your gear, meal planning, and loading your pack the right way will all help you to successfully pack for your next backpacking trip. For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Kelty Cosmic Zero Degree Down Sleeping Bag. This is for those cold nights. Zero degrees. Yikes.
1: Yeah, it sure is. But, you know, for those of us who are kind of cold-blooded... A zero-degree bag might be just the answer for a 30-degree night.
0: Yeah. Well, this bag is made of ripstop polyester, which gives it a nice, smooth shell. And then the interior of the sleeping bag is made of polyester taffeta, which is supposed to breathe a little bit better and feel a little more comfortable against the skin instead of that clammy feeling that you usually feel when you sleep in a sleeping bag. This sleeping bag has a natural fit footbox, which means that it's a little bit wider than the traditional mummy footbox. It has a full draft collar, which is kind of the same idea behind those mink stoles that ladies used to wear to the opera back in the whatever hundreds because it goes right around your neck and keeps that warmth right next to you, right around your neck where you want to be warm.
1: Yeah, the draft collar is this uh, extra kind of tube yeah. of, of uh, insulated material. And in this case, in the Kelty Cosmic Zero, that tube fully wraps all the way around the sleeping bag inside. So when you're laying in the sleeping bag, you have the collar all the way around, uh, you know, about where your shoulders and neck are.
0: The Kelty Cosmic is filled with 600 fill dry down and does what dry down does, which is resists moisture. It dries a lot faster than traditional down. It maintains that, that loft that down is so famous for, and it still compresses down, compresses down. It It compresses just like down. It is down.
1: We're stuck in an infinite loop now, talking about down, compressing down. Yeah,
0: now I have that Neil Sadaka song stuck in my head. Well, the Slumberjack that we reviewed recently was 550 fill power. So this is a step above the Slumberjack in several important ways, I think. Most of the down gear that you'll buy that's, I'm going to say Costco quality, you know, just it's good, but it's not the best. Most of that gear has a fill rate of about 550 because it comes from younger or immature geese or ducks, but the higher quality down comes from mature birds. So a down bag that has 500 fill power is going to be a lot bulkier and heavier than a down bag of 800 fill power in order to offer the same insulation. So the higher the number, the less of the down that you have to use to achieve the same amount of insulation. So of course you want a higher number, but the higher you go, the more cost prohibitive it is.
1: So it's that perennial trade-off between price and weight where you decide, am I okay with carrying an extra pound of insulation because it costs less, because it's 550 or 600 fill power in the case of the Cosmic Zero? Or am I willing to spend a couple hundred extra dollars to get rid of that last pound of weight?
0: Another really great feature of this bag is... The anti-snag design along the zipper. So you know how when you're zipping up a sleeping bag and it gets caught and you have to spend 15 minutes pulling the fabric gingerly out of the zipper so you don't rip it and so you can finish zipping up your sleeping bag? Well this has an anti-snag fabric so your zipper won't snag because of this about inch and a half of grosgrain ribbon that runs from the top to the bottom of the zipper. So as far as the quilting on this sleeping bag, it's baffled. Tell me about baffles.
1: So you pack the insulation into the sleeping bag. And if you don't do anything about it, then it's just like a big sack and all the insulation just um, settles down at the bottom or wherever it settles. So that doesn't work. So then what you do is you quilt it. You run some stitching periodically, you know, every few inches that causes the uh, insulation to stay in kind of these individual compartments that have been quilted into the sleeping bag. Well, then the problem is, because you've quilted it, you've created these spots where the sleeping bag has no thickness at all. You know, wherever the thread is, it's now only as thick as a piece of fabric with thread poking holes through it. So you can literally just get air coming through from the outside. So that doesn't work either. So what they do is they add baffles. So instead of just stitching straight through the bag, they add a strip of fabric that is then stitched to one side and the other side you know the inside and the outside fabric so now you've got compartments that keep the insulation where it needs to be but you have baffles so that the inside fabric and the outside fabric are not actually stitched directly to each other this feature is going to be really standard on any real backpacking gear but if you go to the local department store and you pick up a fifty dollar bag off the shelf there then that's where you're going to run into these situations where they didn't use baffling and they're going to stitch straight through. Or if they didn't use even any stitching, then that insulation is just going to shift around all over the place and, and not it's not going to work.
0: As far as utility goes, this is a zero-degree bag, but the EN rating on it gives us a little more information. It has an EN lower limit of 5 degrees, and an EN comfort rating of 13 degrees. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Fair enough.
1: Okay, so the cosmic zero, tell me again what the EN ratings are on it.
0: It has an EN lower limit of 5 and an EN comfort of 13.
1: The idea of measuring exactly how warm a sleeping bag is going to keep you is a pretty complex thing because there's all these different features that may have Different effects when people sleep in the sleeping bag but they're testing with these uh, you know kind of mannequin things and, and and so it's never a completely accurate representation of what it's going to be like out in the real world but I think it does lend some comparability to different sleeping bags and so looking at the cosmic zero you can say okay instead of focusing on the label that says zero I can actually look at the en ratings and see that the lower limit is five, and now I can go compare that to another bag that may also be labeled as a zero-degree bag but actually has an EN lower limit of zero.
0: Yeah, the EN rating really has put the power back in the hands of the consumers because now we have the data, we have the information, and we can do real comparisons to other bags.
1: Yeah, the data is not perfect, but I think it does help. And especially with this idea of, um, so there's there's the lower limit for men, and there's the comfort rating for women. And so as you said, the comfort rating on this sleeping bag is 13 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the temperature down to which uh, an average size woman can sleep through the night in the sleeping bag comfortably you know, not curled up in a ball, not just barely making it, but comfortably sleeping in the bag. That's 13 degrees. So that's important to remember because that's 13 degrees above that zero label that's on the bag.
0: There is a stuff sack included with this bag. However, you'll probably want to invest in a compression sack. We reviewed the Sea to Summit Ultrasill Compression Dry Sack on an episode. And for this specific bag, Probably the 20 liter Sea to Summit Ultra Cell Compression Dry Sack is going to be best for this bag. So that would be the large size. This is not a small sleeping bag. And because it's down, it, it's it's massive. I mean, the whole thing kind of poofs up. And so you'll be able to compress it down pretty well, but it's still a lot of feathers. As far as mass goes, the Kelty Cosmic Zero Degree Down sleeping bag weighs four pounds, six ounces, roughly.
1: Yeah, like we said, this is not a small sleeping bag.
0: (laughs) But it will fit a person up to six feet tall. And they also have a long version of this bag. For maintenance, you'll just want to wash with a down wash and dry it completely. Even when you think it's all the way dry, put it through on another cool tumble again just to make sure those feathers don't stick together. For investment, the Kelty Cosmic Zero Degree Down Sleeping Bag is $220. This sleeping bag has some interesting features that I haven't seen on other sleeping bags. It has tabs all over it and I haven't really figured out if these tabs are for attaching to a pad that Kelty makes or if it's for maybe drying out the sleeping bag. You know you can hang it up in camp and kind of let it air out or if there's some other use that I don't know of but You know, tabs are always good, they're lightweight and they just kind of add to the versatility of a product.
1: I'm just thinking I should tell the kids that you just said how good tabs are. Whenever the computer is getting slow, (laughs) The kids remind you, tabs are expensive, Mom.
0: (laughs) Oh, tabs are (laughs) great. And here you are saying, well,
1: tabs are always good. I mean, you can't have too many tabs. (laughs)
0: You can't. I love tabs. They keep tabs open all the time on the computer. But on a sleeping bag, they're even better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So there's two pretty good-sized tabs at the foot box end, which to me seems like they'd be really good for hanging up the sleeping bag uh, for storage or to dry it out. Um, but like you said, there's a couple of those smaller tabs up both sides of the sleeping bag. I think two on each side. And yeah, I'm not sure if they, it would be for keeping yourself attached to your sleeping pad. I, I'm trying to think of some other use for those tabs.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, you could always use them to attach things like, you know, say you wanted to have your flashlight handy. You could just attach a carabiner to your flashlight and then attach that onto one of the tabs. Oh, good You know, some things don't kind of... You know things are in your tent. they, just oh, they get
1: lost all Roll over.
0: all over the place, yeah. So, yeah, that's an option. There is one feature that is advertised as being a part of the Kelty Cosmic Zero Degree Down Sleeping Bag that it doesn't have, and I don't know if maybe later on in manufacturing they'll fix it, or I, I don't know. But it's supposed to have a special drawstring cord at the very top that is fat, and then another one that's flat.
1: Yeah, so it's called Fat Man and Ribbon.
0: Kind of a little play on Batman and Robin, I guess. But um, (laughs) yeah, but one of the cords is supposed to cinch down your hood, so it kind of goes tight around your face. And then the other is supposed to cinch around your neck to kind of tighten up that draft collar.
1: And this sleeping bag has that much. I mean, It has two drawstrings that can be independently adjusted to tighten what goes around your head versus what comes in front of you. However, the point of Fat Man and Ribbon is that one of those drawstrings is a different shape than the other drawstring. So when it's nighttime and it's dark and you're half asleep and you need to adjust either the hood around your head or the part that comes across in front of your chest, you can, by feel figure out which string to pull on or which string to loosen. One will be flat like a ribbon and the other one will be, you know, round like a cord.
0: So I love the idea of having two different cords, you know, two different feeling cords, but it's a feature that's missing on this bag. There is no fat man, there is no ribbon.
1: Even though they advertise that it does have it. But the anti-snag strips along the zipper, yeah, those really do exist. And I think they're great. I mean. I'm always getting the zipper snagged on the interior fabric of sleeping bags.
0: Yeah, that was a brilliant feature. I really thought that was a long time coming. That was a really good one. And we didn't mention this in the gear review, and it may not be obvious to everyone, but this is really a winter bag. It's not one that you'll want to bring with you on a summertime trip. I think some people, when they're buying a sleeping bag, they might say, oh, I'll get a zero degree, so then I'll be prepared for anything. And I can take this on whatever trip. And, you know, if I take it in the summertime, I'll just kind of kick it off a little bit. But really you can get by with a lot less in the summertime. This really is a winter bag and will keep you warm comfortably down to about 13 to 15 degrees Fahrenheit. And for today's backpack hack of the week, we have the perfect hack to go along with this sleeping bag. We're going to show you how to turn your mummy bag into a backpacking quilt. If you have a mummy bag, but you dread using it because you feel so trapped in it when you sleep, don't get rid of it. Most mummy bags have a long side zipper, and so when they're completely unzipped, the mummy bag can then transform into a backpacking quilt with a toasty little footbox and of course an awkwardly placed hood. <laughs> So what you'll do to use the mummy bag as a quilt is just unzip it all the way, sleep directly on your pad with nothing, no sleeping bag on your pad, and put your mummy bag over you with your feet stuffed in the bottom.
1: For someone who's never used a quilt before, it just feels really weird, this idea of having nothing between you and your pad. But Heather, I know you love your backpacking quilt. Did that take some getting used to, the fact that you were just sleeping directly on your pad?
0: Yeah, yeah, it did. It was kind of weird at first because I thought, oh, well, I need a sheet or some kind of blanket underneath me, but... I don't know. After about 20 minutes, it was, (laughs) or less than that, it was no big deal. I mean, yeah, it does take a little bit of getting used to because, at least on my quilt that I have, it has some bands that go underneath your pad and kind of keep it somewhat secured to your sleeping pad. But you can also just use the quilt without those bands that go around. And you can do the same thing with a mummy bag. The mummy bag that we reviewed today actually does have little tabs on it so you could put something through those tabs to secure it so it won't just kind of flop open in the middle of the night and let out all of your warm toasty air. This is a really great option. I know I don't like mummy bags. I just feel like a I feel like a sarcophagus when I'm inside one. So I love the idea of just unzipping it all the way, sticking my feet down in the footbox and just using it like a backpacking quilt. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Amit Ray.
1: He said, looking at beauty in the world is the first step of purifying the mind.
0: That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a backpacking trip, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. read about down, I get that song stuck in my head. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, every single so time. it's not entirely time. my fault. No, no, it's, it's Neil Sadaka's fault.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Mm. What? <laughs> Grow Grain Ribbon. Okay. I think that's the second time this has come up on the show. I
0: think so. From the top of the bottom to the sleeping bag. Of the, from the top of the bottom. From the top. To the bottom. Yes. From the top. From the top.